0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So for starters, I just want to say I'm sorry for oh making God. you sit here. It's okay. <laughs> um, I had a feeling something was going on. I was just trying to get my thoughts together and figure out like what was best to say. There's like been some things that have been said that um, like just don't sit right with me. I don't know what this is, but I had a really good day today. I want you to know that. I'm sorry if I did anything. What do you want to do? Um, I think what's best for right now is get some sleep. It's been a super long day. Okay. Is there anything you want to know? No, not right now. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine, with me, Cara Berry, mirrored at first sight, Back in Boston edition. Um, you know, we're gonna get through this together. Not unlike Alyssa and Chris. More on that later. But you guys know, I I don't tend to love these first few episodes. I'm a little bit bored until we get to the honeymoon. Because I feel like that's when we really get cooking. But, um... You know, this is a pretty good episode. Lots to talk about. Let's just get into it. Um, I guess we should start with Steve and Noi. They opened up the episode. They were the fourth couple to get married. And while I wasn't able to watch the episode live, I'm not really sure what the temperature in the room is on Steve and Noi. But I initially really, well, did I like them? No, I like Noi. <laughs> I think Steve's got a, a a job that he might need to be getting to, but you know, that's fine f- for me because I don't have to deal with it, but um I my opinion has changed. My opinion has changed, and I wondered if people picked up on this, so let me know what you guys think because here's what I saw. What I saw first of all was a look of horror when Noi walks down the Aisle, gets to the altar asks steve what his last name is and he tells her that it's moi and she goes oh, oh that rhymes with my first name okay definitely not gonna change my last name imagine noi moi god bless um I, you know i she really seemed like head in all in all in pretty, pretty much immediately. She's really giving into the fantasy or the fantasy of it all, and she's like, you could tell he. Last episode, she mentioned you know, how she was going to say, "I want to thank you for being brave enough to do this," and then he just so happened to conveniently mention something along the lines of how it takes a lot of, you know, uh, gumption. He didn't say bravery, but he did use a, a synonym. to do this and her eyes just lit up and you could just tell she was like oh my god this is the moment for me um then they get to the champagne toast and she seems really excited like i said but i think i thought steve was trying to lower her expectations like pretty quickly like she was like i just can't believe it that she's already rehashing the wedding and it's like you know we were already making jokes with each other at the altar. Like I'm really feeling this. I think this is going really well for the past, you know, 20 minutes or less that we've been (laughs) been together. And he says something about like, you know, until we really interact, things are just open-ended. And it's like, well, you signed a legal document. So it's not really that open-ended, you know? (laughs) um it just felt like he was like oh you know i just he did it just felt very non-committal for the ultimate commitment in a relationship i also noticed that when they walked back after the wedding he didn't hold her hand he didn't even try to like escort her not even giving the crook of his elbow to help her i just felt very like separatist he makes a couple comments about how there were moments throughout the day where he did feel like he noticed she was looking at him or there was like a certain spark but i kind of think he might not be that into her and that sucks because she seems the most into the process in like from like a romantic standpoint so oh, i just feel like she's really gonna get her heartbroken, and that makes me sad you know not it there's no shake and go wig in her closet that's gonna heal a broken heart and that's just the truth really the only time he seemed like kind of interested is when she went to go change out of her wedding dress and she gets into like a traditional laotian garment i think it's like for special occasions and she says that during special occasions you know like the husband and wife will wear matching stuff so she gives him a sash and he seemed really appreciative and she mentions how important it is that her partner be um you know really into her culture and willing to learn and being gratiated than that she's like a really big family person and i just wonder if maybe that came up before in past relationships and she's got her guard up about that she did mention having some sort of like before the 90 days i'm going to a foreign country for love situations that didn't seem to, I mean, obviously they didn't go well, but I, I worry about her. Gosh, She just really seems sensitive. I should look up w- what her sign is. I wonder if she's, like, I bet she's a cancer. Mm. When they get to the dinner portion, they're having their conversation, and, yeah, of course, Noi is like, hey, um, what do you do for a living? And Steve is like, well, I did work in software development or whatever he said but you know there were some layoffs and so I decided to take some time off and do some traveling and you could tell she's trying to like justify this because her question to him is were you traveling for the purpose of finding a new place to move or were you just doing it to do it and he really tries to wax whimsical about this (laughs) I don't know why I'm such a hater it's just because I know this drive like You know, I went up and down the coast. It's like, when you hear somebody took a drive up the coast, you're not thinking the East Coast. You're thinking they're seeing Pacific, the Pacific Ocean, not the Atlantic. Like, I mean, I'm a diehard East Coast girl, but let's be real here. Like, I don't want to drive through the Carolinas. That's not fun for me. To Florida? Like, I hope she knows how weird that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a red flag for me almost more than the fact that he has no seeming interest in getting a job again Ugh. it's the fact that he like really thinks that he is impressing people by going to florida <laughs> <laughs> sorry to my floridians but like you guys know what i mean y'all know what i mean you know what you know what i mean okay i know you do Anyway, Steve was talking about how that trip gave him the opportunity to visit with a lot of friends, and it, it was just like something that he wanted to do for himself, and then he was gonna figure it out after <sighs> okay, we live in an economy, like does he know that we're not We're not in the age of just like figuring it out, and eh, never mind. um in an interview noise, like you know, I'm really trying to remain optimistic, and she's like, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that he doesn't have a job, but, you know, I'm not really concerned right now because it does sound like he can figure it out and, like, it's a temporary thing. It's like, okay, well, I'm glad you think that, girl. Live live in the high of the moment. This is your special day. I don't want to take anything from you. <laughs> so, then, they make Steve have a very weird conversation with Noy's brother. Now, we know what happens typically during the reception that they will have to like, ooh, do you guys think you guys are gonna have whoopee? Have make whoopee? Make whoopee. <laughs> I didn't have to say it, and yet I did. And I said it wrong. Um, you, guys, are you Do you guys think you're gonna do the deed tonight? Like, wh- what are, are you feeling the vibe? Like, what's going on? Usually, when they have that conversation, it's with, like, your groomsmen, your bridesmaids, your friends, not your new wife's brother. Not your brother-in-law <laughs> so they're having this weird conversation and noise brother's like hey uh you know what do you think you know where do you think the night's gonna go and Steve's like well you know I think we'll probably have a lot of conversation we'll wake up in the morning and he's like well her brother's like well you know you guys are married so if you wanna you know do that you can and he's like yeah yeah <laughs> And, you know, it's very weird. It was just very weird. Then Noi's brother says, well, I just need you to know that, like, Noi is not the chaser. She is the one who gets chased. And so if you're not willing to chase her, somebody else will. (laughs) Okay, damn. All right, let's move on to, uh, let's just get Michael and Jasmina out of the way because there really wasn't much to talk about. There was a conversation that they have while they're eating about uh Michael's work schedule, which he says he works from like four thirty to seven thirty, which is a lot, Monday through Friday, and um Jasmina seems a little bit concerned and she says that she's used to having partnerships or being getting into relationships with people who are emotionally unavailable. And she really hopes that she and Michael are on the same page. Uh, Then Jasmina has a conversation with Michael's sisters and it was pretty emotional. It was, uh, they gave her a breast cancer awareness pin in honor of their mom that passed away. And it was a moment and Jasmina says she really feels like she is part of the family now. And then they give her, you know, some advice or really a warning, (laughs) honestly. And they're like, you know, we just, we encourage you to be patient. Like, really exceedingly patient with him. And then we have Michael sitting down with Jasmina's parents. And that was very strange. Jasmina's father seems, uh, mm. <laughs> let's get into it. I, like, I thought Chris's parents from Chris and, and Paige were weird. This, this got very weird. So Jasmina's mom suggests to Michael that he be vulnerable with Jasmina, but then her dad cuts him off or cuts his wife off and says, um, yeah, but like, you don't, you can't be too vulnerable (laughs) because, because it's like too much. Right. And then, uh, he says, we don't want somebody weak of mind. So you don't want to be too vulnerable, but I don't want you to bully my daughter either. So if you do, uh, you're going to have to have a conversation with me. <laughs> and then he says that Michael needs to not answer every question because you don't know if a woman's trying to play tricks on you. <laughs> now I'm not Jamaican, but this just sounds like what I hear of Jamaican men. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say <laughs> that they're sneaky, sneaky little so-and-so's. But that's not my, that's not for me to say. Okay, so we'll just move on. Um, Let's move on to Lindsay and Mac. Not really a whole lot there. Lindsay is really continuing her uh, just tour of running on white claws. Like, I don't know what her blood alcohol level is at this point, but she's having a great time. She does not care about her makeup, definitely is not caring about her hair. At one point, a titty pops out. We'll get into that in a second. I'm I'm going to say that phrase again. Um, She's still feeling great about Mark. And she says that things are going well. But then she says that she's never met a stranger that she doesn't like. And so that's why things are going well. Mark tells (laughs) Lindsay that he's really excited about this pairing because he feels like he is a good judge of character. And then he kind of reads her. Like, not in a bad way. He just, like, he's got her number. And he says, I feel like you are there's like more to you because i feel like you're somebody that i have to learn and like your respect is something that i have to earn from people like you don't just give your love away freely like you've got this wall not wall but like this persona of like ah, right but like there's something more deep deeper than this then you constantly talking about dicks and you laying on park benches and you talking about how, you know, great it is that my cats are going to die in the future. I think there's something more. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to getting past that. Then Mark says in an interview that he feels like, like she, he probably is going to have to pull the love out of Lindsay because he feels like she's probably been in some horrific relationships in her past. And then he says that Lindsay's got a lot of energy. And then he's excited to see who she is when she's quiet. <laughs> Same. Me too, Mark. Me too. Um, so then Mark has a conversation with Lindsay's dad and brother. And it, it goes back to me being concerned about him and being a little too, uh, a little too all in, a little too romantic, like noy a little bit. He's having like a pretty emotional conversation about how he, and Lindsay have similar backgrounds in terms of their having difficult situations with their family members. And he tells her dad and brother that he doesn't really have a family. He doesn't have siblings. So he's excited to have a brother out of Lindsay's brother. And that's a lot. That's just like a lot of energy. Like, we haven't even had a past app yet at this point. Like, I, you know, we're, none of us are really thinking clearly. So let's just table this conversation for later before we're having the the brother talk. Okay. Um, But that was really it. They go to the hotel room to change. And like I said, you know, they do the typical husband helps the wife unbutton her dress. And then she, you know, slinks into the bathroom. And, but you know, Lindsay's past the point of slinking at this point. I think we're more in a stumble and a fumble. So she's, like, all right, let me get my uh, my toothbrush, my face wash. Just me sure I get everything right now. And Mark's like, okay, um, I'm seeing your your left. Excuse me, your right breast slowly, but surely falling closer and closer um, out of your dress and into the camera lens. So, like, do you need me to help you? Do you, Do you want me to help? No? You, okay. Can I just cover it? Can I just put one one hand up? So the Ariel is not on national television. No. Okay. You got it? All right. Cool. Um that's really <laughs> It Mark is like sitting terrified doing his interview while she's doing her nighttime routine. And he's talking about how he's ready for whatever adventures might be happening in the bedroom tonight. Not anything sexual. He's more thinking that Lindsay might wake him up at four o'clock in the morning to jump on the bed for no reason or just to wake him up and tell him that she's got a pillowcase full of soap and she's going to beat him with it. So he's terrified. <laughs> this is the beginning of, of Mark's um, uh, night terror, his night terror origin story, if you will. So, ooh, wow. He's he's scared. He's very scared. <laughs> And we all are. We really are. Um, Let's go to Katina and Elijah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. Lajuan is, as the kids say, sprung. Okay? He's... I I didn't look, but I would suspect that there was probably a tent in his pants at all times. He is, like, he cannot take his hands off of Katina. Can't take his eyes off of her. He doesn't know, like, if she could... She could slide a contract to, like, screw him out of all of his finances right now, and he would just say, like, where's a pen? The man... Wow. Like calm down (laughs) like she's very pretty don't get me wrong like he's extremely lucky he's extremely lucky and he's not a bad looking guy himself but i just feel like she's she's really really stunning um but mm, i just feel like We're uh, floating on air here a little bit. And I would like for both of them to uh, come back to dry land. I was kind of surprised at Katina being so all in with him. Um, As they're taking pictures, he says to her, like... (laughs) He's a nerd. He's really a nerd. He's like, you know, I was just like afraid that you would think that like, uh, you know, like my crying was a little too much. Like I was scared that you wouldn't be attracted to me. Like, it, you know, I, cause I am a man who cries, but like, I'm not a punk just so you know, like I'm not a punk. I just like, you know, we we're getting married. So it was like in the moment she's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay but like I said she seems really excited and she says that she's used to dating guys who aren't ready for commitment so she's really happy that he's here and I'm just wondering I mean maybe she's digmatized herself because if you're saying that you have a history of dating dudes who aren't ready for commitment I feel like you also have a you know those guys tend to like love bomb you and then they're like well i wasn't really looking for anything serious you know i don't really understand i'm just surprised she didn't really see the writing on the wall with him but he just seems like a love bomber you know a real there's just like a lot happening a lot happening that he's not going to commit to in like probably like a week or so at best so but she seems really into him. She says she's, they're dancing and she's feeling all those like mushy, romantic comedy feelings. And she was also getting a good, good uh, couple of fistfuls of that body, yadi yaddy. And she loved it. She was having a great time. <laughs> um, when they're eating, they get to the topic of cooking and whether or not Katina can cook because we know this was allegedly an extremely important deal-breaking level of uh issue for for Elijah Wan and she's like you know I can cook but I can't like you're not gonna get anything very special and wow 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 have the turns tabled because He is like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, I can cook. Like, we can learn how to cook together. It's not a problem. As long as it's edible, it's fine. I'm totally, totally okay with it. We just need to survive, okay? We're fine, okay? (laughs) How quickly did he go to, like, I'm breaking up with her immediately to, we're all in this together. I'm happy to be your sous chef. Then we have Katina talking to the groomsmen. And one of them tells her like in terms of advice for Elijah on that you might need to tell him things multiple times, like one, two, three, four times before he understands. And before he gives you a real answer, which is where the red flag came up for me, because the guy says his first answers tend to be, uh, protecting himself. And so to be patient, I guess in order to get like a true, honest answer, that sounds like he lies. That sounds like a liar. If somebody approaches you with something and you don't say the truth for multiple times and what you do say is something that will protect you, that's a lie, right? That seems like a lie. <laughs> then another groomsman says that Elijah Mon will always challenge you and push you to your limits. And his brother straight up says that Elijah wants the type of guy who will mold you into being the type of woman that he wants. Uh, Okay, so what I'm hearing is not only habitual liar, but manipulator. You should not have to tell somebody that I have to ask you the same question over and over until you feel like giving me the honest answer. That's dark. None of you should have to deal with that. (laughs) Why are you even his friend if that's the case? What? When... Uh, Elijah talks to Katina's mom. You can tell she is not into him. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad for. I'm glad somebody sees it because I'm hoping we're having some conversations, um, either in front of, w- ideally in front of, but at least behind the camera to Katina about like, uh, you in danger, girl. Okay, so. Elijah Juan is really selling himself or trying to, and we get this whole montage of him going on and on and on. And we're seeing like a Brady Bunch style, nine tile situation of him talking about how he's not fake and how he only really has two friends, um, how he had the highest GPA of his whole football team. um, Talking about how the chemistry was so natural between he and Katrina which is not her name. And that was the moment where Katina's mom said, it's Katina. I actually really don't like it when people can't pronounce her name correctly. (laughs) And that's when I knew mama, we're on the same team, baby. Welcome. They even did this scene, which could not have possibly been real, but (laughs) it looked like they were trying to make it seem like Katina's mom faked out, uh, like She was like, look, over there, there's a bunny. And then they show her getting up to leave after he turns around to look. <laughs> I don't think that was real. But I appreciate that you even took the time to edit it to look that way. I, I loved it. <laughs> I think if she had thought about it at the time, she probably would have done it, you know? Anyway, um, they get to the uh, you know, uh, take off your garter belt section and once again Elajuan decides to audition for the next magic mic. Um and it was like, you know, I have no shame. And it's like, yeah, we know. We know. He starts to take off his shirt, give the girls a little show, he's given a body roll, a couple snakes, he's bumping, grinding, cowgirl, reverse cowgirl, the whole thing. Um it's a lot. I don't know what he was saying, but Katina seemed to be into it. So, you know, there's a, there's a lid for every pot, isn't there? (laughs) Um, so then Katina talks to her girlfriends who are horny, my kind of girls. And she seems to really have surrounded herself with some, some good ones. And I'm happy about that. They're, uh, they're bad girls and I liked it. Uh, Katina's like, I can't believe I'm married. My last name is Dickerson now. And one of her friends is like, yeah, speaking of Dickerson, like, you gonna get it in tonight? (laughs) And Katina's like, I'm not answering this question, but I can't wait to see his tattoos later. And then she says, like, I just want to have like a deep rooted connection with him first. Uh, Elijah. just so you know, I mean, I don't, even feel like i need to tell you this but clearly elajuan is like ready willing able he'll do it right now he'll do it probably in front of katina's mother if he you know if she really pushed him i i don't think it would take much pushing but um she he is like i can do whatever she needs me to do if she you know i just i gave her the, some of the goods earlier I, I did a little flex when we were dancing so she could feel my bicep Oops. he actually said that um, and then he said that he is prepared if she asks him to flip her upside down tie her up I feel like tying her up comes a lot in Olajuwon's, uh vocabulary when it comes to sex and you know I'm not going to kink shame anybody I just feel like um, actually it's like the opposite of kink shaming you know you know when they say like wealth whispers you know, big dick energy is a thing. And the thing about big dick energy is that you don't have to say it. It just exudes from you, right? And so I just feel like Elijah Wan is saying a lot of things and talking about how freaky he is and how sexually open he is. I just feel like he's talking a big game. And I think we're going to get a lot of projection and I'm wondering if Katina's really going to be happy after that month. She said she was going to wait before having sex because I feel like the answer to that is no. Katina's or one of Katina's friends said that she feels like Elijah Juan is going to work really hard to uh, put his face in it, so to speak. And I feel like he doesn't do that. I, I don't think he does that. Um, the only thing I want to say about them is they've now, in the past couple seasons, introduced the, we're going to see, uh, the, I guess they get like a special vehicle to drive off in. Everybody got like something nice. Like Alyssa and Chris got a, like a vintage truck. It looked like Stephen Noy got a, like a carriage or horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> Y'all, why did they get a Volkswagen SUV? Why? <laughs> why do they have katina out here driving off in a tour egg what was that they didn't y'all couldn't even spring for a town car y'all are like let me get the four-person lift like literally <laughs> that's sad that's sad a tour egg and i think they're cute but it they're not wedding worthy not not when somebody's getting a horse-drawn carriage i'd be pissed Alright, you guys know that I like to end on what I feel like are the most interesting couples. This week it was pretty much the Alyssa and Chris show, and the show was American Horror Story Wedding. (laughs) So um, we start off pretty good. All the bridesmaids like jump into her bed and like, hey girl, you ready? Are you nervous about your big day? And Alyssa's like, no girl, I'm not nervous at all. And then they do a cheers to their well, so Les's future husband being hot—that's that's, uh foreboding number one. So check that off. Um, meanwhile, Chris is in his suit, suite rather, uh, with his groomsmen, and he's talking about how you know the experts have analyzed me more than I have ever analyzed myself, and charts and graphs, buy sell buy sell stapler three hole punch. I can't wait to get married, <laughs> Mister Robot truly how boring pastor cal says in a talking head that the reason why they paired them is because they're both honest communicators (laughs) and boy oh boy let's put a, a check mark next to that one uh two check marks really next to that one um Back to Alyssa. She seems, again, still at this point pretty confident. Remember last week how she was talking about putting energy out there, like specific good energy so that you uh, get back exactly what you're asking for and how in touch she is with herself, how intuitive she is, feeling her emotions, knowing what feels right and what isn't, how she's pretty spot on about her instincts. But right now, She's feeling good. And if she didn't feel good, she wouldn't be doing this, but she's doing it. Then she starts to talk about how physical appearance and chemistry are her top priority, (laughs) which I don't think we heard before. And considering we're showing or the cameraman rather is angling the camera up at Chris while he's sitting and talking to his groomsmen. In such a way that really highlights the shark-like nature of his teeth, I just feel like that's going to be check number three. Something that we're going to have to circle back to later. This is the only, um, gift that we saw, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Lindsay and Mark did, but usually they show like, oh, your future husband, a future bride got, um, some bullshit that we paid for, you know, we gave them a $75 stipend. So here's what they did did with it. And I feel like that's the only one that we saw was Chris. So Alyssa starts to read this letter from Chris and she's actually still feeling good. And it's about like all the twists and turns and opportunities that led them to this situation. And then she starts to get emotional and it's like, I can't cry. So she has her bridesmaid read the rest of the letter. And then she says, at the end like I just feel like he said everything that I wanted to hear so she's you know hoping that he's as cute <laughs> as he sounds from the letter um so then she starts to wait to walk down the aisle and she again mentions how important physical attraction is and not only that how teeth are really important to her and she's going to be like thank you but no thank you if she sees even the hint of a snaggle tooth I mean No shade, but shade. I can't... His teeth are not great. They're not great. They're not great. There's a little bit of a crowdation happening. Um, Really, the issue is the color. And I feel like that's really what's uh, doing things for her. I I, like almost feel bad for him, but not really. (laughs) When she walks down the aisle, you could tell, not good. But she is trying. She's trying. Like, I I compared uh, them to Henry and Christina from New Orleans. And I would say that she's very much still giving Christina for me. But she did keep it cute at least for, like, 45 seconds, I would say. A good 45 things were good. Um Until... He really smiles and then you could see her nostrils flare up and she at that point could not look him in the eye for the rest of the ceremony. I made note to like, usually I'm writing and looking and writing and looking, but I was like, Oh, let me actually watch this scene to see if at any point she makes eye contact with him again. Never happened. (laughs) Never happened. When they get to the part about the, this is what your friends and family want you to know about your future wife. About Alyssa, they specifically point out that she does not have a poker face. And if she doesn't like something, if something's bothering her, you'll know it right right away. It'll show right on her face. And uh, mm, that's that's a face that I think we're getting right now. And Chris does not seem to be getting it. He, like Elijah Juan, is very sprung. He's very horny. He thinks that she's very pretty. He keeps mentioning how pretty she is. And, and he's clearly uh, really excited about how hot she is. And he says, you know, if I, I don't really have a type, but if I had to say it, it would be her. Um, <laughs> if Alyssa had to say it, she would say the opposite. And I, actually, I think she did later <laughs> Did you guys also notice when they walked down the aisle after they got married, she did not smile. (laughs) It not. She didn't even look happy. Stone face. Like. (laughs) I've never seen anybody look actually like not even a, I'm in the situation where I'm supposed to be happy. So let me fake it. Smile. Couldn't even fake it. Could, could not even fake it. It looked like he was dragging her to her execution. Honestly, when they get to the champagne toast, um, they get to talking about like, what's your last name? What's your o- occupation? Literally two questions. And Alyssa's tapped out. She's like, um, gosh, I don't know what else I need to know about you. Like, can I go? I'm just guys take this mic off. And, uh, <laughs> can we leave? Um, but Chris, Oh, he was like, well, I just feel like, um, you know, this is going to come up anyway. So I should just tell you now that I am the um, regional manager of the Disc Golf Golf, uh, Institute of the Northeastern Board. I I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) And neither did Alyssa. She was like, "Uh, I don't know what that is. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. I don't I don't even know what disc golf is. So he explains it to her and in an interview she's like, I mean, he could show me how to do it, but like I don't think I would ever want to actually play <laughs> or do whatever it is that he just said he was doing. Then on the way to take pictures, Chris is blabbering about his real estate career and he's like, well, I used to work in this neighborhood and my, here's my territory, Worcester, whatever and she's like, Oh yeah, cool <laughs> But in an interview she's like I obviously want to be here like on the show, not specifically here, but I want to, I came, I joined the show to find a husband and partner But Chris looks like a real estate agent. And then she laughs. laughs. Honestly, I think real estate agent might be like the best possible situation. Like if I saw Chris and I didn't know what he did, you just showed me a picture of Chris and said, what did he do? I would say, um, part-time GameStop employee. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, Best Buy definitely. He is for sure Best Buy Energy. Definitely Best Buy Energy. I would say that. seems like he would wear a blue polo shirt. That's, that's what would be my answer. At one point he was talking about how he is doing multiple multi-million dollar deals. And when he's doing that, he really has to be like a duck Where, like, you're paddling underwater, but you're calm above the surface. And that's what he's doing. And that's, like, he's just that type of guy for people. And (sighs) I'm seeing why you're single, bro. Like, I'm really getting it. Then the photographer tries to get Alyssa to put her head on Chris's, like, chest, shoulder area. She's like, I wouldn't normally do that. So... No, like, I, I, don't ask me to do that. We're not going to, like, make out. I'm not really a mushy person. So it, anything outside of a light touch or, a, like, a Duggar-style side hug, not happening. Okay? Um Chris is still trying to make the best out of things because he thinks she's hot. And this is really just, like, a testament to, like, the lengths that men will go to, um try to make it work with women that they're attracted to even though there's no chemistry whatsoever it's truly a fascinating watch um he says that he actually appreciates how direct she is and how he's kind of looking forward to her being direct in the future because (laughs) you know it'll be very easy for him to understand there won't be any cross communication and uh you know things are going to be really easy for them because of it and that so far for him, there are no red flags at all. Y'all see what I mean? <laughs> so then they get to the dinner and somebody's doing the like clink the glass to get the couple to kiss. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to give into peer pressure. <laughs> okay. So in an interview, Chris says he really doesn't know how she feels, but he's hoping that she's attracted to him because he's really attracted to her. And then Alyssa says, um, I just have a gut and instinct that like while I want to be here to find a partner and husband, I just feel like you know, it's been like a really long day. It's been like a high-stress situation and I just don't know if I'm going to be Chris's wife forever. You know? I just kind of need to process everything that's going on. <laughs> so can you can I leave? <laughs> It does not get any better. This is where things really ratcheted up a notch for me. Um, Chris sits down to speak to Alyssa's mom. The first thing he asks her is if Alyssa has said nice things about him. And this is the first time she's like, oh, I just met this guy and I have to lie to him. I have to lie to him immediately. She's like, um, no. I mean, well, when we were together, we were dancing and she said that she really liked you. And I said, I did too. (laughs) That did not happen. (laughs) ma'am that did not happen i mean fake it till you make it but you're not gonna make it none of us are gonna make it if this is what we're faking um so then he's like oh thanks okay cool 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 um so then he's like do you have any advice for what to do if alyssa has a bad day or something and mom is like my best advice is to not say anything to her at all don't don't say a word (laughs) then we see alyssa talking to chris's groomsmen And one of them asked, what was your first impression of Chris? And she's like, really having to scramble to find an answer. And she's like, well, I felt like he was kind, kind. Then um, one of the groomsmen says that Chris likes to teach people because he wants to bring out the best of them. So if you start feeling like he's being condescending I assure you that's not what he's trying to do. He just wants to get the best out of you. And then the heat kits keep coming. Because then the next groomens, groomsman says, uh, you know, if he, he tends to monologue and he tends to blabber. So if you don't like where the conversation, the, the topic is, if you don't want to talk about that, then just change the subject. Or just tell him, like, I don't want to talk about that right now. Because he will go on and on and on if you let him. So, cool. That's awesome. And then the other groomsman tells Alyssa not to be afraid to stick to her guns, even if he repeatedly tells her that she's wrong. And in an interview, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to put up with this kind of behavior. And then (laughs) we see Chris talking to Alyssa's bridesmaid and It's obvious to me that she has had a conversation with them and is like, I don't want to do this. Or maybe they saw the look on her face um, (laughs) when she was standing at the altar. Uh, And you could just tell that they're, they know, they know already and they are not going to say anything, but they're not going to not say anything either. The first thing they say is like, she doesn't really go for like the nice guy type. So you're kind of a little bit out of her comfort zone. And then he asks him, uh, did she say anything? Or do you think that she likes me? And they're like, yeah, definitely. But like, you should also know that she's probably not going to want to share a bed with you. Probably you should maybe take the physical affection as it comes because she's probably going to take things slow. She might be a little bit standoffish. But like, don't take it personally. But like, she's definitely not going to sleep. She's not sleeping with you. She's not sleeping next to you. Um, she's probably not going to touch you and you're going to have to hold off on that homie because uh, just yeah take it as it comes but like I said it's it's not coming so up until this point all the other couples have had like I said the sexy take your dress off t- toothbrush let's uh, jump into the rose petals on the bed situation except for them although the beginning of the end starts with <laughs> Chris sitting in the corner like he's obviously waiting for excuse me, Alyssa to finish her interviews, but he knows something is up at this point. Then the camera camera pans over to uh some double doors, like like a conference room or something like that, banquet hall, something in the hotel. And you just hear Alyssa talking, and as a Bravo Housewives fan, I know that when we're getting just like hot mic situations, cause there were cameras, there had to have been cameras on that other end. But um, when you just see footage from behind a the door, then, you know, shit's real, you know, it's, it's bad. And things are, there are fourth walls being broken here. So the first thing we hear is Alyssa saying to a producer that she hates people who are pushy. She hates people who are condescending and a producer is like, okay, but have you seen evidence of him acting like this tonight? And she's like, well, his friends just straight up told me that's who he is and that's what he does. So then, in an interview, Alyssa says, "I think we were in the elevator or something, and Chris made a comment about how he was just just Alyssa's side piece." And then she's like, "Ugh, it makes me sick." <laughs> but then she says, "Like Chris is a little bit immature." Um that he normally would not be her type and then she has to like stop herself from crying and then she says I don't want this on camera and she walks away and then she says like he's so different I just don't feel comfortable sitting next to him I physically do not see one characteristic that I asked him for and then she asks the producer, like, do I have to sit with him and tell him this? Like, what do you guys do in these situations? So the producer's like, yeah, you should talk to him. Because he has no idea what's going on right now. So she walks outside and she sits next to him. And she says, for starters, I just want to say that I'm sorry for making you sit and wait here. And he's like, yeah, I kind of had a feeling that something was going on. And she's like, yeah, I just had to get my thoughts together and figure out the best thing to say. Um, there have been some things that just don't sit right with me. I don't know what to say to you. And so Chris is like, I don't know what this is, but I had a really good day today and I'm sorry if I did anything. And she doesn't say anything. And he's like, okay, what is it that you want to do? And she says, I think what's best for me right now is just to get some sleep. And he's just like, okay, is there anything that you need to know? Anything you want to ask me? She's like, not right now. <laughs> And then Chris is like, okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And she just gets up and walks away. <laughs> this is truly going to be a disaster. You guys, did you watch the preview for what's to come this season? Because I noticed one glaring thing. I only saw very scant footage of Michael and Jasmina. I think something goes wrong with them pretty quickly. Um, usually they show like everybody walking to decision day and they're like playing with their rings, about Ooh, am I going to keep this on? Or it's been quite the journey. What What's going to happen? Did not see him there. He wasn't sitting on the couch. Very briefly saw Jasmina. I think really the shit goes down with them pretty quickly. Um, there was a lot of, uh, Alyssa breaking the fourth wall. And like trying to talk to production in the middle of a scene. Um, a lot of her trying to produce and being like, I don't want this on camera, I don't want, you know, this, I don't like that, I don't like this, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of missing the like unhinged Christina behavior. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um I mean, it's bad to say that I feel like a lot of the time when somebody's getting burned on this show, it's the women getting burned by their shitty husbands rarely do we see a woman villain only every now and again. I don't even know if I would count homegirl from last year as a villain. What was her name? Zach and Michaela. Michaela has something going on with her. You know, that's different. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to like a woman villain. um, and what else did we see? Oh well, just a lot of drama from Elijah and Katina. It seemed like Elijah and Katina and uh I can't remember <laughs> who else. Um Elijawan and Katina, and then Michael and uh Alyssa, excuse me, Chris and Alyssa have a lot of drama. So I'm looking forward to that. Um yeah. Alright, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. <music>